Welcome, everyone. I'm Sandra Bargeman. A few years ago, I wrote and performed a solo show called The Edge of Every Day, which was an exploration of the rough edges and contradictions we all face and grapple with. The show hit a nerve, and the relevance of the topic would only grow over time more than I could have foreseen. So, here we are. Real talk with real people, sharing stories and perspectives that spark provocative invitations to leap out of what's safe, on the edge of every day. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. We are live in the hive. Thank you for joining me on this, the 12th episode of The Edge of Every Day here on talkradio.nyc. We have started this new year recommitted to courageous conversations and recharged to face what awaits in 2022. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, and for those of you who don't know me yet, I encourage you to check out my bio on talkradio.nyc, or of course, you can visit my website, sandrabargeman.com, or you can tune in to any of my previous episodes. In a nutshell, this show is about celebrating triumphs, pushing boundaries, and exploring rough edges. Through conversations and shared stories with friends and colleagues, it's my hope that we can begin to understand our edges. And what I mean by edges is those places where we're fearful, those places where we are resistant to change, those places where paradoxes and contradictions live in our beliefs and understandings, both about ourselves and about the world around us, those places where we don't want to look. Listen, we live in turbulent times. We are assessing and reshifting, and we are coming to understand that life isn't black or white. It must be an embrace of both. And the more we recognize our own edges and get real about them, the more we can help others to do the same. And that, I fully believe, can help to change the world. So, thanks for tuning in. And without further ado, it's time to introduce our guest this evening. Jennifer Kaufman is a best-selling author, award-winning results coach, inspirational speaker, executive producer of Emmy award-winning films, and trauma survivor of the 2013 Boston Marathon bombings. Jennifer is the owner and chief results officer for the Results Group. She has over 24 years of business experience, ranging from family-owned and operated businesses to working for Fortune 100 companies. In 2011, Jennifer received the STARS 40 Under 40 Award as an emerging leader in her community. In 2017, Jennifer received the Quilly Award for her contributions to Jack Hanfield's best-selling book, Mastering the Art of Success. She was inducted into the National Academy of Experts, Writers, and Speakers in 2016. In 2018, Jennifer launched her book, Shattered, in which she shares her personal story and journey of healing naturally from the 2013 Boston Marathon bombings, for which she received a five Firebrand Award. 
Jennifer also received a five Firebird Award for her book, Be Courageous, a collection of inspiring real-life stories designed to teach young people about how to face adversity. She is the producer of the Telly Award-winning and Emmy-nominated Broadway show Dream Big, Rudy Rudiger Live, and the executive producer of four-time Emmy Award-winning film A New Leash on Life, The Canines for Warriors Story. In 2021, having founded Rise and Thrive Productions, she produced and directed the transformational film There's Got to Be More to Life, a documentary that tells the story of her traumatic experience as a survivor of the Boston Marathon bombings, but more importantly, the journey of healing she has taken to ultimately rise and thrive and to inspire others to do the same. Welcome, Jennifer! Thank you, Sandra. It's a pleasure being with you tonight. Ah, so great to have you here. I have been so excited for this conversation, and folks are going to be blown away by your story. And hopefully we'll be running, not walking, to be watching this incredible film that my husband and I watched not once, but twice. Fantastic. Thank you. All right, so let's dive in. It's April 15th, 2013, in Boston, Massachusetts, a day like any other. You wake up that that morning feeling a little unsettled, perhaps a glimmer of intuition that something of import was afoot. You had plans to be a spectator at the Boston Marathon that day. So tell us about that explosive day and event and perhaps start a little bit with your life leading up to that day, your work, your successes, etc. Yeah, so um, I'm born and raised outside of Boston. So I went to undergrad, grad school in Boston. I worked in the city for years. Um, so Boston was like my backyard. Um, I had never been to the Boston Marathon before. Frankly, I didn't have a desire. I love sports. But I'm a team sports, like, you know, running behind a white ball. Long distance running is not my thing. Well, and crowds. Um, Hello, crowds. Yeah. Um, But a dear friend of mine, her son was running for the first time. And because I know my way around Boston, she asked if I would accompany her. And I said, sure, absolutely. And um, when I woke up that morning, I did feel unsettled. And I had this sinking feeling that I didn't want to go to Boston. But I didn't understand why. And I wasn't, mm. I wasn't privy to any other information. Yeah. I remember sharing that with my mom at the time. And she said, you know, you don't have to go. And I said, no, I made a commitment to my friend. I'm not going to, I'm not going to let her down. And I had no idea. I had no idea what, what was about to unfold. Um, but the day started out really great. We started out at the starting line. Um, we watched everybody from the disabled runners to the last sea of um, runners passing by. We ventured into Boston. We were about, I don't know, 15, 20 feet from the finish line. And um, just imagine, just imagine being packed in like sardines. The crowd is electrified, right? Just happy-go-lucky, like announces announcing, music in the background, and then out of nowhere literally out of nowhere, 
the first of two explosions went off. And what is really surreal is that um, I distinctly remember that the crowd that was electrified and literally like screaming with cheer became silent for a moment. And I could hear the glass of the building behind me hitting the pavement. Oh, my God. The announcer stopped announcing. Literally, time stopped. And um, and then the rest is just, you know, beyond what words can describe, to be honest. Um, yeah, it was it was a life changing moment. In that moment, my whole world was shattered and life as I knew it was over. Completely shattered and life as you had known it mm-hmm. had been. You know, I, 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 you said it was, you know, you were at the height of your career. Things were going great. You were having successes. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, um, I had left the corporate world. So I started my career in the corporate world working in um, investment banking and finance and um, had a really great career, but I wasn't fulfilled. So I left, I left the corporate world in my mid-30s um, seeking just seeking like fulfillment, frankly, um, and more purpose in my life. So I decided to start my own coaching and consulting business. Um, and I predominantly served small and mid-sized companies. And I started that business in 2007, just before the recession of 2008. Now, if you know anything about business, um, statistically, they say the first, uh, in the first five years, it's very, um, a small probability of business owners will make it past five years statistically speaking. And I was aware of this when I started my company. And what was fascinating was I've, I had such great mentors in my life, Jack Canfield, Wayne Dyer, um, Tony Robbins, to name a few, Marcy Shimoff and a bunch of others. And I had this awareness at the time that we don't have to, we create our reality, number one. And what happens in the outside world really is none of our business unless we make it our business. Mm. And so I felt humbled and inspired to um, basically make sure I could do everything in my power to make sure my clients in 2008 would make it through that period of time. Mm. And every single one did. Some barely got by, to be candid. But others, what I noticed was some grew a little bit and others actually grew quite, you know, quite extensively. And I was like, wow, what is that about? And it was really about how they embraced the environment and how they pivoted um, to meet what was happening. And so, but every single one of my clients actually made it through that year. And statistically, that's unlikely. And so fast forward, 2012, I came off my best year of business and all of my clients had record-breaking years. So I decided I'm going to take a couple of months off, January and Feb, and um, just basically just celebrate my accomplishments and more importantly, just kind of recharge. Mm-hmm. I wanted, at that stage, I was looking to pivot. I wanted to get more into public speaking, and I wanted to write my first business book. So I had signed a publishing deal in March of 2013, just a month before the bombings. Wow. Um I had started to embark on doing more public speaking um, because I wanted to serve more people. I wanted to share what I had learned, um, not only in the corporate world, but in my own mm-hmm. business and how to help more people. 
Um, and so that was what I was going to do. And then the bombings happened and all of that, all of that just went on hold. Exploded. Literally. Quite literally. Literally. The symbolism of that is amazing. And and so, and then the symbolism of, boom, this explodes. Now tell us um, this next run that you're on. So you, what happens? You know, the the minute that you said that it felt surreal, you could hear the glass, then what happens? Uh, what happens next is... Um, the crowd just went into sheer screams, screams for help. It was just complete pandemonium. Um, At that moment, I thought it was a gas explosion. I wasn't aware um, because it felt like the the explosion came from the building behind. Uh Now, everything, everything slows down. In my mind, I would have said minutes had taken place. But in actuality, there was only 12 seconds from when the second bomb went off. Wow. Wow. Yeah. But something happens when we're in those types of experiences. It's just like literally everything slows down to, um, and I remember so much about that moment in time. Um, And I witnessed and heard things that no human being should ever have to witness and experience. And I honestly, in the, in the beginning, you, you're like, wait a minute, like you don't, you, you think you're in another reality, right? You're like, is this really happening to me? Yeah. Like, you know, um, there's a combination of that that happens. And then there's this like instincts like, okay, I got to get myself out of this situation. I got to get my friend and I out of this situation. I don't know how I'm going to do that, but you just, you just, you kick into gear. I wasn't aware that I was injured at that time. I was aware that I had um, excruciating ear pain. But I wasn't a present of anything else. I was just like adrenaline was pumping and it was like, okay, we've got to find a way out of here. Right. Yes. And eventually, you know, you, you, I, in the film, you mentioned you didn't have any body breaks or such, but you uh, incurred multiple internal um, uh, injuries, etc., which we will talk about and how she came to deal with those when we come back after our first break with Jennifer Kaufman. Stay tuned on the edge of every day. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Hi. 
Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. back with Jennifer. So let so you you get you get rushed to the ER. Yeah. Let's pick up your story there. Yeah, I get rushed to the ER and at this stage I know something is seriously wrong. Um I have excruciating pain in my abdominal area and um yeah, I just I just knew something was wrong. So doctors and nurses nurses literally swarmed my um, bedside and I remember convulsing from the neck down. Wow. And I didn't know it then, but that was my body's way of trying to release some of the stress and the endorphins and the adrenaline from, from that experience. Yes. But what had happened because the doctors and nurses were fearful that I was going to fall off the bed, off the gurney, that they restrained me. And in that moment, I felt trapped. I felt trapped. Um, I, I don't quite know how to describe it, but I felt like, you know, everything was just being held inside. And um, um, that coupled with a whole host of uh, tests that they had done just was an equally traumatic experience for me. You know, just imagine, you know, you have this experience that no one ever prepares you for. And coming from New York and having lived through 9-11, you have a sense of this. Mm -hmm. It's different, but yet similar. You know, nobody nobody plans for this. And, and, you know, for me, it was like life was flashing before my eyes. I didn't know if I was going to live to see the rest of the day. You know, the doctors were were very concerned. My heart rate was through the roof and they thought I was going to have a heart attack. And all this stuff was just going on with my body. And I just frankly, I was struggling to make sense of it all. Mm-hmm. And um, at one moment, most of the doctors and nurses had left my bedside to go check on my test results. And there was a, a semblance of quiet. And in that, I heard an inner voice that mm-hmm. said I needed to learn how to heal naturally, something I had no prior knowledge of to do. I, I told you my background is in business. I went to school for economics and accounting. And, you know, innovation and technology. I don't have a medical background. I don't have a healing background. Mm. Don't know how to do this. But there was something about that inner voice that made me listen. And your willingness to go with it, to trust that instinct. Yes. And and I will tell you, this is where 
you know, there's things to, there's signs and synchronicities all around us. Mm. If I didn't have a traumatic experience at the hospital, now let's miss, like, please, the doctors and nurses were amazing. They did the best they could. But for me, I was like, I don't want to be here if this is going to be the last minutes of my, of my life. And so, you know, because of that experience, I think it was a little bit easier for me to make the decision a bold decision that nobody else wanted me to make. Oh, I'm sure. Like the doctors and nurses wanted me to stay. My family wanted me to stay. And I was just like, no, I, and so this was my edge. Cause I, I was like, I had to trust myself over everyone else. And I got to tell you, there's a little backstory to this. So you understand mm-hmm. it. The irony is that most of my life prior to the bombings, I had been running from myself and running from my past traumas because I didn't know how to deal with them. They were bigger than I I could handle. And I um, suffered from a lot of panic and anxiety disorder and depression, you know, on again, off again from a teenager up until my 30s, actually. Mm-hmm. And I was on on and off different types of medication and all of that. Fast forward I reached 40. I was 42 when the bombings happened. So I reached 40 and I'm like, you know, I'm not feeling as, as great as I had been feeling. And so I, I ended up getting some tests done. And as it turned out that my body was actually, particularly my liver was, you know, wasn't as healthy as it should be because of all the medications I had been on over the years. And so, so I had that awareness And I had that understanding going into when the bombings happened. So now I'm being faced with, oh, I can have all these types of drugs and medications and stuff like that. More, 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 exactly. And for me, and I think that there's a place for medicine. I do. I do think there's a place for medicine in an acute way, but not, not when, for me, I was told I'd be on these medications for the rest of my life. And they didn't really make that much of a difference. And I'm like, I don't want to be on this stuff for the rest of my life. So fortunately, I come off those medications in my mid to late 30s. So now I'm like, the last thing I want to do is go back on this kind of stuff, yeah. let alone pain medicine. I mean, look at look at the opioid crisis going on. You know, I, I, didn't, I don't want to subscribe to that. It's not the kind of life I wanted. So here I get my inner wisdom. And I take that, I take that very edgy first step. Very edgy first step, and you move into now. Had you you did a whole plethora, and those of you who are listening and going to watch the movie, of course, run, don't walk to watch this movie. She goes through and has some of these as part of the the storytelling, and her cast members, the people that she worked with. So tell us, did you? I mean, you. Of course, you didn't know how to. Lots of lots of people don't know how, but they've put their toe into some sort of natural homeopathic modalities. Had you ever had any of the treatments that you that you tried? Okay, the there is two things, three things that I had done before chiropractic care because of sports industries. So I had I had been accustomed to chiropractic care since I was a teenager, actually. Okay. Nutritional, um, I had seen nutritionists before. I wasn't seeing one at the at the time the bombings happened, but I had seen one before. Um, and um, traditional therapy, like, you know, um, seeing a psychologist. Yeah. Um, that was my extent of it. So to say, to me, 
acupuncture was woo-woo before um, <laughs> before this happened. You know, a, a highly educated woman from Boston does not do acupuncture, let alone some of the other stuff that I ended up doing that I talk about in the film. Yeah. Um, but it's fascinating. When you succumb to something that's beyond your, you know, beyond your comprehension and how to handle. Mm. And because I was in such a vulnerable state, I was open. Well, and that's the gift. There's the gift. You, mm-hmm. you, you gave into and listened to and opened up your vulnerability, which, by the way, is a strength, a feminine strength. Mm-hmm. So this is, I mean, talk about you, the edge of every day. Yes, saying yes to your um, inner wisdom, stepping forward and doing this, this very feminine way of healing, which, as you say, is not to negate the Western, more masculine understanding. But this whole opening of yourself was at the ultimate edge of every day that you had, you know, when you and I were talking, we, I cracked a joke, we were talking about my husband, and I cracked a joke with you that, you know, my husband is really in touch with his feminine side. And he's down with me being a man trapped in a woman's body. And, um, um, you know, so I'm down with my masculine side. And I know and sense about you that you are like this as well. And so, you know, talk to me about that, the edge of that Uh, being moving through, of course, corporate world, I expect uh, masculine way and then giving into this vulnerable sense of yourself, this intuitive sense of yourself and having that just bust open on you so my nickname in the corporate world was general (laughs) of course it was effective (laughs) there was no femininity softness going on other than my appearances right it was just like it was just all hardcore business you better get the job done or else type of thing right of course um so i was very much masculine and very and and so i want to be clear here there's nothing wrong with that i think we're coming into a time where we're blending the masculine and feminine to really create harmony and balance for everyone on everyone the planet. on the planet, males and females. Absolutely. And but here's the thing: before the bombings happened, I was out of balance. I was more on my masculine side, and not I. Frankly, I didn't feel it was safe to to be in my feminine side. Yeah, to be of course. to be candid. But when this situation happened, you know, it was just like it blew me open, literally. Yeah. Yeah, you had to go with it. You literally had to go with breaking down those boundaries that you had built up, those walls, pushing those boundaries, breaking through those edges. So what was your, what was your, your, what did you do? How did your next year go? How did your relationships go? How, what what did that look like after you had you're taking your steps into this? What did yeah. that look like? So for me, you can imagine I'm a pretty outgoing person based upon how you, you know, introduced me. Um, very outgoing, very social, very active. I withdrew completely. Mm. Mm. My world, I might as well have gone into a cave and hid out. Oh, yeah. You know, my my world completely shut down. Year one was all about learning how to rise up from my terror and my fear. I was afraid of my shadow, candidly. So the first step I did was I contacted um, a therapist that I'd worked with um, back in 2002, actually. 
my dad had passed away unexpectedly um, two and a half months after 9-11 happened. And he and I had been estranged for 10 years. And um, I really struggled with the loss of my dad. He was only 50. And we had just started the process of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And so um, she was very instrumental in helping me through that process. And, you know, it had been, gosh, like 10, 11 years since I had worked with her. But I intuitively contacted her. Now she was completely full and she said, I will clear my schedule for you. You come to my office. And I was in her office within a matter of, of a couple of days. And that was the first step. Wow. Beautiful. So, so when we come back, we'll take a break now. When we come back, we'll, we'll move into uh, your next year, your second year. And where I know that you spoke about rage and um, that I think every woman can relate to. Every, everyone can, but certainly women. Um, when we come back with our guest, stay tuned. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. And we are back with our guest, Jennifer Kaufman, on the edge of every day. So I want to start the, this particular section before we dive in with uh, a quote that I that I came across because Thich Nhat Hanh has passed away and a lot of things have been floating around social media. And I saw this quote and I thought of you, Jennifer. Um, and this, for those who don't know who Thich Nhat Hanh is, he is a much beloved Zen Buddhist master and teacher. And this was the quote, letting go gives us freedom and freedom is the only condition for happiness. If in our heart 
we still cling to anything, anger, anxiety, or possessions. We cannot be free. And of course, that made me think of you and your quest for freedom and your dealing with anger. And um, I want to make sure that we get to your movie in the section, of course, is always the case there. Uh, we can't get to everything that I have planned, all the questions I have for you. Your story is so rich and so full and so broad. And so that's why I'm at this moment going to remind everyone to run, not walk, to watch Jennifer's movie uh, called There Must, There's uh, Totally Spacing. Got to on. be more. There's got to be more. There's, there's got to be more. There's got to, to be life. more to life. And you can find that on at movies.influencer, I-N-F-L-U-E-N-C-R dot me. So you have this, fin- you know, I, I did say that I wanted to talk about your second year and getting getting into your rage. But because of the timing, I want to jump into your movie. And I want to talk about your forgiveness as your path to freedom so actually it starts with rage uh yeah, year totally. year year two for me um was learning to rise above my rage mm. um my life as i knew it was over and um it, you know year one was about the terror and the fear and year two was literally dealing with that inner oh, rage and it was imagine. not angry it was rage and you know i actually used to silently contemplate what it would be like to take their lives with my bare hands candidly. Wow. I, I, I can totally get that. I can totally. Cause remember. I thought that that would be, yeah, but you know, I never would have thought that the person that I was before this happened would ever even come to think that. Another and that is my, exposed. My, my tr- truth. Yeah. But that is the truth. Now here's what happened. So I had made progress in year one, year one physically. When I first was injured, I could barely walk for five months. Mm-hmm. And so I had made a lot of progress physically. In year two, what was happening as the rage would come up and it felt out of control. Like it was just like I never knew when the rage was going to come up. It could be just something, you know, somebody actually, you know, I'm from Boston. People cut each other off. We're used to it. We don't, we don't think anything of it. And this one particular day, I was leaving a survivor's group meeting and a car just cut me off, and I went into instant road rage. That's not something I would have done before. Wow. And I remember chasing this car. Fortunately, the car made the light. I did not. And when the light, you know, when I was stopped there at the light, I was all of a sudden just in tears. Who yeah. is this person? Yeah. And I realized I had a terrorist that lived inside of me. And if I acted on my rage, it'd be no different than the two young men that I hated at that time. Yeah. So that was my edge. And I had to learn how to let that go. And people go, how on earth can you forgive the unforgivable? How on earth can you forgive two men that destroyed and shattered your life? Mm-hmm. Well, you want to know what? It is the only way to set yourself free. It's the not about that. The only way. The most difficult spiritual concept, but the only way. It is the only way. And um, I wrestled with it. It was not an easy decision for me. But when I decided to do it, and I spoke the words out loud in court, reading my victim impact statement, something profound happened that I never in a million years could have imagined. But after I spoke those words, and I shared a brief moment of eye contact with the surviving young man who placed one of the bombs that day, 
I had this overwhelming amount of peace come over me. And for the first time in nearly two years, I had compassion for that young man and his brother that was not present before. And that over time, that compassion led to curiosity to understand who does this, who does this. And I learned that they grew up in a war-torn country, that bombs were, you know, they were laden with bombs growing up. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that's like. I can't even imagine what that's like. Yeah. But they were acting out on their rage and they were acting out on their trauma that was unresolved. And I think of the course. point here is every person on the planet has experienced trauma, everyone. We just have different forms of it. Yeah. So it's not about comparing, you know, who's got, it, that's not what this is about. But we owe it to ourselves, to the to the youth that are coming, you know, that are, are going to be our emerging leaders. Indeed. We owe it to ourselves to rise up from our trauma and to learn and to remember that we all have the ability to thrive. So I went from barely surviving to thriving. The whole reason why I did this film was <laughs> to save someone else's life and to make their journey easier. Because mine was hell and it was long. And I now I now understand, you know, looking back, there's things that I could have done to shorten it. I didn't know that then, right? But if I can share my wisdom and my insight to help someone else find their path of rising and thriving, then that's why I did this. And this has become my life mission and my life purpose. <laughs> and my like, and honestly, I am the most fulfilled I've ever felt in my life. So here's the thing. What if our messes become our messages and are the very thing that put us on our path to fulfill our Dhamma and our purpose? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this this is the great moment for you to say your shocking, glorious question is... What if? What if trauma... Is a gift. Shocking and true. Absolutely true. You know, human yeah. beings... Human beings have a propensity for needing a two by four of some nature, you know, life to explode to kind of come around. And, but um, hopefully I will say this, I will out of that phase. Yeah, I would say this. I I feel like if we pay attention, we get taps on the shoulders. We don't listen to that. We get the two by four. I had to get the Mack truck because I wasn't listening. (laughs) Well, I think most people are like you, but, but, uh, but I love th- this this notion of th- your making the movie, wanting to tell your story, but not live in your story. You so tell me about making this movie. What was that so like movie- for you? What was the spark that made you want to make this film? And what was it like to 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 recreate it? I mean, to relive it. Well, I actually didn't relive it. That's the key. Well, so, I mean, even revisiting it might yeah, revisiting. felt like you were reliving it. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So, um, again, my intuition, um, it was July of 2019. I was meditating and my intuition just said that I needed to create a film about my story. And I was like, I I have no idea how to do that. Again, (laughs) I have no idea how to do that. I didn't go to film school. I didn't have a film company. Yes, I had produced um, two films at that time, which actually means I invested money to bring films to life that had a mission and a purpose. Right. Um, I didn't, I wasn't involved Involved in any of the production. No. So here I get this message and now it took me until COVID happened to slow down and to 
frankly, I had I had plans to go on a 15 city speaking tour. I had other plans. Well, guess what? All of that fizzled. And now all of a sudden my my plate is clear. Yeah. Now what am I going to do? This m- movie reemerged. I'm like, well, I don't really know how to do that. And I'm going to do that in COVID. <laughs> well, you already had experience in doing things you didn't know how to do. Yes. That's the point. Uh, that is the point. And paying attention to saying yes to that intuition and understanding that you will figure it out as you take each action. You will figure it out. People will come and support you. It will happen. Here's how it works. When you take that first step, that action, you don't necessarily, I don't know. I didn't know how to do, how to, how to do all this. I learned it. And what happened was people met me on my journey to mm-hmm. teach me and to show me the path. And that's how this works, guys. You have to take the first step. And what happens is when you take the first step, the universe conspires Shows to send up. you the next step. Indeed. You just have to have the courage to go for it. Now, we were told now the making of the film. So I intuitively knew that we could do it in six months. Call it, call what? it. I didn't know. Call it. I didn't know any better. I don't know. But I intuitively knew <laughs> it Brilliant. I love months. it. Okay. Now, I had members. Ignorance can be blessed. Exactly. This is the beauty of not knowing. Because some of my cinematographers and editors have been in the business for 20, 30 years and have, and some of them have received Emmy awards. And they said, Jen, um, your first documentary will take 18 to 24 months earliest. In many cases, it can take even longer than that. I'm like, well, no, we're going to do this in six. And like, no, no. And I didn't argue with them. I just said, okay, no problem. You do what you do best. I'll worry about the schedule. (laughs) And we did. We launched the first director's cut on 11 11 and we finished the final version on 12 21 just before christmas and and we did it in six months now here's the thing is that again this is where working with the quantum working with the universe mm. we it doesn't have to be this long drawn out process healing from trauma does not have to be this long drawn out process it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, Christy Whitman, one of my mentors and one of the experts featured in the film, talks about that we can shift an emotion in 90 seconds. Indeed. We just have to allow the the crest or the wave of that emotion to flow through us, which is not an easy thing to do. Not an easy thing to do at all. But if we can observe it and witness it like a really, like a big wave coming up and not be afraid of it. It actually can pass. And when we start to learn this stuff, we can heal and and, and we can actually have um, healthier, happier lives. Hmm. Indeed. Absolutely. Well, the whole understanding of, of allowing yourself to sit in your emotions and the profundity of that, um, we will discuss a little bit more when we return after our break with Jennifer Kaufman on the edge of every day. Stay tuned. Join us every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern for the Mind Behind Leadership, where we focus on what leadership really means to us and to others. We have practical discussions with the CEOs of some of the world's largest companies, owners of small businesses, and experts in psychology and behavior to get that inside track, what to do, what to avoid, and what really happens. 
Join me, Graham Dobbin, at the new time, 4pm, every Tuesday for the Mind Behind Leadership, here live on talkradio.nyc. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Chipping around, kick my brain to the ground. These are the days it never And we are back with Jennifer Kaufman on the Edge of Every Day. So uh, in our conversation um, pre-interview, you shared with me that you are a numbers gal, that life can speak to you in numbers. And you and I, that happens for both of us. And I also am somebody who clues in on words. As a wordsmith, words also show up in my life. And over the course of January the word interconnected has come up over and over and over in so many conversations. So I want to just ask you, what, what when, if I say, tell me how this experience has taught you about interconnectedness, how would you answer that? Please share with us. um, The experience brought me home and connected me to myself and and it connected me to love myself in ways I had never done before and so having that interconnectivity with myself with my divine with source opened me up to have even deeper richer connections with people I want to say that I was always a very social person, but I kept people at arm's length because I had experienced childhood trauma. And I was you know, told that if I ever said anything to anyone, this person would come back and harm me and my family. And I took that literally. So I had to become my very best actress and pretend to the outside world none of that had happened. I, didn't, I was 11. I didn't know how to process it. I didn't know how to handle it. So I became the very best actress of my life. But to me, one of the ways I dealt with that is I kept everyone at arm's length. Yeah. Now, I just connect and embrace people, and what you see is what you get. I'll share with you the the, the parts of myself that you know uh, I've made mistakes and whatever. I'm a human being, but I'm not ashamed of that anymore. Oh, the power of, power of vulnerability. Yeah, and the power of trauma as a gift. Yeah. So here's the deal: is like that 
the the bombings and some of my other traumas were were horrific and and I now see them as blessings and gifts in my life and both statements are true. Now let me <laughs> let me share let me share something here. I've come to understand and it took me until after the bombings to realize this is that because I used to come from why is this happening to me? I don't understand. I didn't view myself as a victim, but the truth is I had victim mentality. Like, what's wrong with me? Why is this happening to me? How come I can't get it right? Really disempowering context, right? So over because I was in solitude for nearly two years, for the most part, aside from going to and from practitioners and doctors, I was pretty much isolated on purpose. And, and here's, I got really curious. What if this were happening for me rather than to me? And when I started to ask myself those questions, it led me down a different path and a more empowering path. And it helped me understand that, wait a minute, what if trauma is a gift? What if trauma is like the manure that you put on a seed to make it grow and blossom? Wonderful. It's smelly. It's stinky. It's yucky. But if we embrace it and we learn from it and we understand that it's it's designed to get us to wake up. Yeah. And to pivot and to go and embark on whatever our soul is nudging us to do, whatever that is, big or small. But you got to have the courage to go take that leap of faith. Mm-hmm. I promise the net doesn't appear until you take that step. Yeah. Got to go off the edge. And when you go off the edge, <gasps> boom! it is scary and exhilarating and alive <laughs> and all of that. Yeah. Yeah, the aliveness of it. So glorious. And this and so much more, Jennifer goes into so gloriously in her film. And so what's next? What's what's next with this film? You can find you can find it at I gave you and will again and it will be in the transcripts. Uh um the um website where you can purchase this movie. Uh, influencer, I-N-F-L-U-E-N-C-R dot me. You can purchase and watch the movie there. Uh, what's next? Um, I know you had live showings. Are you planning on doing more live showings? How can we, what are your next steps? Do you have part two to this movie? What are your plans? So first and foremost, um, to make it super simple, people can go to there's got to be a more uh, there's got to be more to life.com and it will take them directly to the, the, the um, hosting page. They can oh, also right. go to jennifercoffin.com and access it there too. Um, so what's next? Uh, the, we want to roll the film out um, globally and we want to have as many people watch this film as possible. This is not so much about me and my story as it is about understanding the wisdom I take you through my journey and what I've learned. And we, we, we go through um, 20 what if statements and I interview 14 different um, practitioners, doctors, and experts that are, you know, that have helped me on my journey. And so that we could help others on their journey. Yes. Create their own map. Yeah. So, so this is really about if you're seeking to, you know, find your way to rise and thrive, go watch this film. So that's number one. We're, we're taking it global. We're going to have live events. We're going to have um, live Q&A sessions that we're going to roll out in the spring. We're actually going to start working on the second film, um, which is part two, which is there is more to life. And we're going to show you that there is more to life because 
I never in a million years, if you had said to me, Jennifer, you're going to go through a terrorist attack. You're going to survive that terrorist attack. You're going to come out on the other side of that terrorist attack, having um, the most, you know, greatest fulfillment and success of your life, doing mm-hmm. things that you were never trained to do. And to be so connected with people and wanting to help more people heal. I, I could never have imagined this ever. Mm. I chose film because one of the fastest ways to get a message across is through film. Yeah, theater is another way. And you're, and you're, and you're yeah, as somebody who's a theater, maybe you and I can do a theater show together. Maybe I, that can be like one I'm of the in, things man. that we could do. I am so yes. in. You can teach me to sing and we'll, we'll do some sort of, you know, <laughs> Absolutely. Well, no, we'll, we can, I don't know. Or, or we can do a stand-up comedy routine. Oh, there you Rise go. Rise and Thrive stand-up comedy. I think there we're on to something here. How about Manifestation Don't Do This, and we teach you all the ways to not do these Brilliant. things. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel some physical comedy coming on. No, brilliant. But, but you're right. Film is a powerful, <laughs> and theater and comedy, quite frankly, are powerful instruments to to get the images across get the information across etc etc do you have um we didn't touch on your book i want to wanted to mention that do you have for those listening in jennifer's book is shattered and she wrote this uh two years before you started work on the um on the film and and is that yeah. different, what you discussed in there, how um, might that be different? Um, I go I go a little bit deeper in the film. So the film is based on the book, on my book Shattered. Now, I want people to understand, you know, um, Shattered and There's Got to Be More to Life may seem like dark. They're actually very inspirational um, pieces because I wanted to take people to understand that you can be shattered and broken? Hey, listen, th- yeah, totally. This is the edge of every day. If you cannot get to your darkness, you will not get to your light, period. Right. You have to go in there, f- as you've said, feel those feelings, unearth all of those edges and all of those places you don't want to see and embrace them and bring them in. And so they're not running you uh, uh, unconsciously. And then you can start making choices for the light, for the healing, for motivation, for inspiration for others, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that's the, that's the path. That is the path. I used to think I tried to outrun it. I tried to outmaneuver it and it doesn't work. So the path is through. Yeah. And what's on the other side is blistabulous. (laughs) I love that's a great word. That's fabulous. So read the book first, then get the movie, and then be ready for what was that? Bliss. There is more to life. There. Well, there oh, is more to life. Which is there is more to life. Which oh. will come. Which will come out this summer. Of course. Oh my gosh. And and you can see in my lovely little room that I in my background. I've talked to you about my salon space here in the Catskills, where there will be a showing of this movie, potentially even a comedy routine, certainly a Q&A afterwards. Absolutely. But we've just got a few more minutes left, so I want to make sure that everyone knows where to find you. Again, uh, all of your books, your inspiration, your movie, 
um, all, all the information about the incredible work that you are doing on the planet today. It's Jennifer Kaufman with two Fs dot com. And I guess you said that there's um, uh, another website that they can go to. Uh, well, uh, you can go you can go to the movie directly at there's got to be more to life dot com. Two things I want to quickly share those that um, purchase the film, they'll get a free ebook on thriving, which is going to be a basis of a course that we're going to do later in the year. And for everybody that um, makes a purchase of the film, two dollars is going to go back to save veterans lives because we want to save more people's lives. We want to help eradicate um, veterans committing suicide and trauma. PTSD so we're going to be we're going to be giving, yeah, fabulous. All right, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jennifer, for telling your story and sharing your wisdom and your beauty and your upliftment and your rising and your thriving with us this evening. It's been thank such you. a pleasure to have you. It's been a pleasure to be with you. Now I can't wait to be in the stage behind you. And I am so looking forward to more. And so the stage behind me, theplumth2.com. I've got two lovely little quotes to say goodbye with. Um, Freedom lingers at the edge of your fears, Claire Michelle. And remember... You are always at the edge of the miraculous. Thank you again, Jennifer, for being with us. And thank you to all of you listening in. Be with us next Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Till then, lean in, edgy ones. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. on edge hey we live in challenging edgy times so let's lean in i'm sandra bargeman the host of the edge of every day which airs each monday at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges that's the edge of every day on mondays at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time 
on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 